0: On January fifteenth, two 2006, a church group stumbled upon the body of 18-year-old Tamara Susan C., an enrolled member of the Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians. The gruesome scene, a far cry from the picturesque wooded area in the Great Smoky Mountains in North Carolina where she was found. Known to her friends as Tammy, she was a young mother battling hardships and addiction. Her brutal murder shook a small community, and now 17 years after her killer was put behind bars, we still remember a young life taken way too soon. This is a story of Tamara Susan C. Hey
1: guys, this is Osh. This is Shiashi.
2: This is Maggie, and you're listening to We Are Resilient.
0: Did you guys see on the news a story about Nathan Lee chasing his horse? I just read about it, but now I haven't looked too much into it.
1: I did read the
2: article, but I haven't kept up with it.
0: So for those of you who haven't seen it in the news, Nathan Lee chasing his horse uh, was an actor who portrayed smiles a lot in the Kevin Costner film dances with wolves. And he was accused of sexually abusing indigenous women and girls for decades. The USA today reported that he faces two counts of sexual exploitation of children and one count of possession of child pornography. Um, This man is gross.
2: Well, and what's terrible is he tried to attribute His behavior to cultural ways and said that it was part of culture that made it allowable.
0: Now, it was stated that he traveled around both the U.S. and Canada under the guise of being a medicine man and healer, essentially establishing like a cult called the circle. He was charged in Nevada and the prosecutors told the judge that he should, quote, remain in custody because he was grooming young children to replace his older wives.
2: I think what's really sad is is his daughter is Kwana. Chasing horse, yeah. That is his biological daughter, and people are kind of attacking her, which is terrible because, I mean, children shouldn't have to be responsible for their parents' actions. Like, that has nothing to do with her. And she's been a really prominent indigenous figure in pop culture, so it's really sad to see her being targeted.
0: And it's shameful that people are harassing her. I mean, she's only, what, 20 years old? you know her father is responsible for his own actions i did read that she has had limited contact with her father and she was essentially raised by her mother and stepfather
2: she did make a facebook or maybe an instagram post and she basically made flyers of her stance and just said i stand with the victims of nathan lee chasing his horse that has to be hard too you know
0: so i looked up her post and i'll share it on her socials but it states quote I stand with the victims of Nathan Lee chasing his horse. I honor the immense courage it takes for survivors to tell their stories, especially publicly. I hope others will join in supporting and uplifting the survivors in prayer, in community, and with action. We demand justice for the survivors and pray for healing for them, our communities, and country overall.
2: It is brave, though, to stand with the victims against your own father.
0: She's known for being an indigenous activist, and I can't imagine... How embarrassed she may feel having some kind of connection with this monster. It's really sad because a lot of those victims were young.
1: Yeah, they were minors and he exploited them. It's a
0: sad world. And speaking of a sad world, I know Maggie has a pretty big case to share with us today. So today I'm covering
2: a case that really does hit home as it is a case that involved an Eastern band of Cherokee woman who was murdered in a bordering town, Bryson City, North Carolina. This story is gruesome and tragic, and I know that for some of our local listeners, it may be hard to hear. We live in such a small community that everyone knows everyone, and many are related to each other, either closely or distantly, so it is likely that many of our listeners have a connection to the story that I'm telling today. On January 15, 2006, a group of church campers from Florida were hiking in the Deep Creek area of the Great Smoky Mountains National Park when they discovered a gruesome scene. These campers had discovered the body of a female, later identified through dental records as 18-year-old Tamara Susan C.
0: Oh my gosh. I'm sorry, but real quick, I've heard many true crime stories where these poor people stumble upon really gruesome scenes in the woods. I'm not even familiar with the details yet, but that has got to be traumatic for anyone to witness. I can't imagine.
2: I can't either. And the Deep Creek area is heavily populated and it's a tourist attraction. So people come and go from there at all hours of the day. So I can't imagine being the big group of people that just happen upon this.
1: Yeah, because it's a spot where
0: people go hiking, exercise, tubing. I didn't even know. I haven't been up the Deep Creek area in a long time. Yeah, there's a lot that goes on there.
1: Yeah, people even camp.
2: So that's what's crazy, too, is if they heard anything in relation to what happened to Tamara.
0: That's a great point. People may have been camping that night and potentially heard whatever transpired.
2: I would think so. Just two days earlier, on the night of January 13, 2006, court documents reported that Tamara, who friends knew as Tammy, was drinking with Terrence Howard Roach and his friend, who we will refer to as J.S., According to witnesses and court documents, Tammy, Terrence, and J.S. were reportedly all cordial at the party that they were at, and friends believed that Tammy had a consensual sexual relationship with one or both of the men. It was documented that Terrence claimed that on the night of January 13th, both he and J.S. had consensual sex with Tammy. Witnesses reported that shortly after this, both men left the party. However, it is unclear if they were Tammy's ride to this party or not. Friends stated that not long after the two men left, Tammy reportedly walked out of one of the bedrooms, extremely intoxicated and upset. Tammy was angry with both men and reportedly threatened to call her uncle to take care of them. When the people at this party could not calm her down, the owner of the home called Terrence and JS to come back to the home to pick her up. Eventually, Terrence and another friend, who we will refer to as MS, came back to pick up Tammy. Witnesses reported that when the two men arrived to pick up Tammy, she had passed out and had to be physically carried out of the house to the car by the men
0: okay so she was only 18 at this time correct
2: she was 18 yes
0: i'm just at a loss maybe it was a sign of the times but right away i'm thinking you don't let two people carry out a girl who was clearly intoxicated and passed out
2: yeah and i don't know it was really unclear if they all arrived to the party together or not so i don't know if people just assumed that they were her ride I guess if they were responsible for her, it wouldn't be terribly concerning for them to come in and seemingly take care of her and pick her up and take her to the car, you know?
1: Yeah, especially if they said, you know, she was mad. and Is that why you said she was mad?
2: She was mad, yes.
1: They just wanted her gone, maybe.
2: Yeah, there's actually court transcripts out about this. So there's a lot of details and there's a lot of information out there that we can assume is factual. And basically it said that the owner of the home actually had to call around to find and get in touch with Terrence in order to have him come back and get her. So they were just literally like trying to find them to come pick her up and get
1: rid of her. Wow. But she was only passed out at this point, right?
2: Um, I think she was in and out of consciousness. Um, It seems like after she got upset with the men and kind of maybe made a scene about calling her uncle that people just felt like it was um, too much drama and was just asking her to leave. According to court records, while the men were on the way to pick up Tammy from the party, Terrence informed MS that she owed him a lot of money and had been stealing drugs from him for the past several months, including an ounce of cocaine just the day before. Documents reported that the amount of money that the suspected stolen drugs were worth was around $5,500.
0: Oh my God.
2: Yeah, I don't know how much drugs cost, but that seems like a lot.
0: How old was this Terrence guy?
2: Um, that's a good question. Let me look.
0: I feel like he was
1: probably around the same age as her, maybe a year older.
2: I don't think he was terribly much older than her, but hold on, I will tell you.
1: I remember him from school.
2: What is your age difference between these people?
0: (laughs) this is 2006 I would have been 22 and she was 18 It's so probably four maybe I'm just naive and this is probably stuff that's relevant today but for kids to be like 18 19 20 years old just seems like a lot that much money that much drugs and that much connection to it
2: I don't know how old he is I can't find in these documents in the court documents that at list his specific age but like Osh said I don't I don't think he was much older yeah maybe a few years when the trio were in the vehicle, Terrence told MS that he wanted him to drive to the Deep Creek area of the National Park to buy some drugs from someone. They traveled through Bryson City, where they've reached a pull-off gravel road where MS stopped the vehicle, where they were supposedly awaiting the drug deal.
0: And this was already well late into the night, right? Yes. And they've already picked up Tammy or no?
2: Um, I'll get to that. Once they stopped, Terrence got out of the vehicle and walked to the back of the car where he picked up C, who was still unconscious in the back seat. He carried her into the woods, where he placed her in a small creek, and the cold water awakened her.
0: Oh, no. This is just getting darker and darker.
2: According to testimony from MS, he saw Tammy stand up. Then, when he was not looking, he heard her scream. When he looked again, he saw her falling to the ground. After falling to the ground, he saw Terrence shoot Tammy.
0: (gasps) Holy shit.
2: After this happened, MS ran to the car, and as he was running, he looked back to see Terrence walking towards Tammy. As he entered the car, he heard another gunshot.
0: Okay, there's a lot here to unpack.
2: According to the article written by the Silva Herald, while the two were outside of the vehicle, Tammy reportedly told Terrence that she wanted some of the drugs when he got them. But Terrence told her that she couldn't have any and pushed her to the ground. When Tammy approached Terrence a second time asking for some of the drugs, he reportedly pushed her down again and shot her in the face. It was reported that Tammy began moaning and then Terrence loaded another bullet and shot her, this time in the forehead. Killing her.
1: Oh my gosh, he shot her twice in the head?
2: Yes. Later it was reported that Terrence told investigators that he quote could not leave anyone in that much pain. So he just made sure.
0: That's the most ridiculous narcissistic thing I've ever heard. If he didn't want to leave her in pain, he shouldn't have shot her.
2: That would make the most sense.
0: You know, it's just it's the callousness of what he did. Then act like we should pat him on the back for not leaving her in pain. It doesn't make any
2: sense and you know I think a normal not deranged human beings first reaction to shooting someone would be like sheer terror you know even if you did it intentionally like that still has to invoke like some sort of emotion.
0: Unless you're just a cold-hearted sociopath you can't work out your issues in a non-violent way I mean murder should never be the way to go to resolve an issue
2: yeah and it's incredibly morbid and it's just like you said it's deranged like this is not how normal people react yep after this terrence returned to the vehicle and told ms to drive back to the reservation to js's house he even gave ms money to keep quiet about the murder and provided him with cocaine as further incentive
0: okay so clearly there was no drug deal yes Because you are reading from court documents. I am. Yeah. This was clearly premeditated because he pulled her out of the car as soon as they got there. There was intent there.
2: Yes. Everything about the story in general is just, it's terrible i mean from finding her body to how she was killed but let me finish telling the story and then we can kind of unpack more of it okay the pair discussed telling people that they had left the party with tammy but when they drove on the gravel road they met with an unknown male in a silver car and tammy had left with him so Osh, that's probably what you were referring to um and probably some of the story that people have heard that she left with an unknown man in a vehicle
0: Mm-hmm. So that was a story that was being circulated in the community during this time? Um, in the
2: few days after the party, yes.
0: Okay, so before she was discovered.
2: Her body was not discovered for two more days. On the way to J.S.'s house, Terrence threw out two used shell casings out of the car window. And when they arrived, Terrence told J.S. about the shooting and gave his gun, a thirty-eight revolver, to him and directed him to, quote, get rid of it. According to court documents, J.S. threw the revolver into the woods for the night and then retrieved the gun the next morning and gave it to another individual to hold for him. Fortunately, this individual turned the gun over to police on January 15th after becoming suspicious.
0: If anyone ever tells you to get rid of a gun or hide a gun, chances are it's not for anything good. So I commend this person for reporting it.
2: Fortunately, the same day that the gun was turned in is also the day that Tammy's body was actually found in the woods. After Tammy's body was found, her family members reported that Terrence informed others that Tammy had left with the unknown man in the silver car. However, the story was quickly diminished as law enforcement officials had the murder weapon. Ultimately, all three men were charged with and convicted of felony crimes in regards to the murder of Tammy C. Terrence Roach was charged with first-degree murder and ultimately sentenced to serve two consecutive life terms. And as a reminder, for it to be first-degree murder, it has to be proven to be premeditated and malicious. Which, like you're saying, Shiyashi, it's pretty clear that they had no intent of going to buy drugs.
1: Yeah, it was very
2: planned out. The two other men also received sentences j.s was sentenced to 72 months of confinement and m.s was sentenced to 57 months of confinement all men pled guilty for their part in tammy's murder and in addition to their sentences all three defendants were each jointly and severally liable for the restitution to seize a stay in the amount of one million four hundred fifty nine thousand eight hundred fifty four dollars and twenty two cents to help support her surviving daughter
0: oh no she had a daughter she does she had a two-year-old so I was away in college when this happened do you guys remember the community response at all yeah it was shocking and surprising
1: it, it happened about this time last year what time what day did you say Maggie January 15th yeah um yeah I just remember we had just played NASA basketball here and like that weekend is when we heard about it And for me, at that time, that was kind of like the first one that I ever heard of something like that happening. Before that, I was just young and didn't know, didn't pay attention. But yeah, it was very shocking and scary and just unreal. Did you know Tammy personally? Yeah. I was friends with her older sister. And when I was younger, we used to go to their grandma's house. Because if I'm not mistaken, I think they lived at their grandma's. Um, So yeah, I was around her when, when we were younger.
2: And I think that's probably what makes it harder to hear, too, is because most of the stories that we tell, it's kind of us just speculating, like, kind of the mindset and what happened. But in this one, it's really clear how malicious and evil this man was, based off of his own words. Although Tammy's tragic story ends in justice, it still does not make up for the loss that her family and the Eastern Band of Cherokee community suffered. Timmy was a young, beautiful, indigenous woman who had her whole life ahead of her. But tragically today, almost 17 years later, Tamara Susan C. is one of the 33 MMIW of the Eastern Band of Cherokee Indians.
0: Thank you for listening to We Are Resilient. For links to information found for this episode, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at We Are Resilient Podcast. Send us an email at weareresilientpod at gmail.com or visit us at wwwar